Yo, 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 this is Oz, host and founder of Salinas Underground Podcast. And this is Claudia Melendez Salinas, co-founder of Voices of Monterey Bay. We're only a few days away from the November 3rd election, and if you're a bit like us, you're probably pretty exhausted by this point. Uh, we hope we've noticed that we've teamed up with Voices of Monterey Bay to bring you some political coverage. And you're right, we're exhausted. <laughs> but we're down to the finish line, and this week, we're down to our final interviews with Salinas mayoral candidates Michael Leip and Ernesto Gonzalez, and Ray Montebañor, who's running for District Area 4 in Salinas. I'm, I've been very proud of, the, of our local coverage during this very important election season. While there's been a lot of political coverage of the presidential campaign, local campaigns are not getting as much attention. And this was our way to, d- to contribute to the local discord. We would love to know what you thought of these series. Send us an email at oz at saladvites.org or letters at vom.org. Or find us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. And now, without further ado... Okay, and we're back now uh, in this series. Claudia, welcome back. Thank you. Thank uh, you for having me again. So sitting here now, we have Ray Montemayor, who is running for city council in the 4th District. And may I say, first of all, I'm very upset that you're not running for mayor because it's in your name. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, come on, it's perfect. But anyway, Ray, uh, welcome and thanks for doing this. Thank you. So uh, we're, we'd like to start it off. Our first standard question is, who are you and why did you decide to run? Well, uh, my name is uh, Ray Montemayor. I've lived in Salinas uh, since about 1976. Uh, my parents were uh, farm workers. So they were migrants. And uh, we moved uh, into Monterey County in about 65. So I've, we've been here ever since. Uh, um, I've... All through my life, I've helped uh, wherever my uh, children went to school at, and uh, and uh, and uh, my youngest son went to Hardnell, and that's where it started. And my brother worked there for a while, so it started with the interest of school and getting involved in the uh, in the school and events, and and now it's gone to. Uh, I worked uh, almost 24 years for the city of Salinas in public works, and uh, I've decided to uh, after I retired to run for city council. And so um, tell us what makes you qualified for the position. Well, I've, I've you know, the one thing you've got to understand with a city is, uh, you know, complicated budgets. And and and, uh, and, uh, and and Hartnell as a Hartnell trustee for uh, almost 12 years. That's one thing that we that we do deal with is a budget and we try to balance it. And there's a lot of a lot more pieces to the puzzle of your education, you know, Title V grants. Uh, all kinds of federal, uh, you know, you have your 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 pellet and then your Cal uh, grants, state and federal. So part of the, the understanding uh, the budget is is all the different uh, complex pieces of it. And like I say, I've been a, uh, on the board of Hardnell elected since 2009, and I also uh, through the years of my uh, with my children, I've also uh, done. Uh, uh, been president of a parents club and uh, uh, fundraising and different things. So I, I think uh, uh, my nonprofit and 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 experience with uh, with the college and uh, and other schools uh, gives me a, an insight to what the, the budget looks like. Well, one thing I think you may have not had while you were dealing with that budget is the issue of of COVID. 
And how do you think the city can respond when it actually sees, because we, it still doesn't even know how bad the hit is. It's assuming it's going to be a $19 million deficit coming in. Um, but when that comes in, what, what can you, what can the city do, you know, to, to help its businesses recover or help maintain the services? Mm -hmm. Well, the, 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 that's exactly uh, my thoughts is, uh, you know, that they've got to continue the services, that they've got to provide equity in all services to all citizens, you know, whether it's the farm workers, uh, whether it's their own employees, a lot of their own employees uh, haven't been able to take time off because uh, they ha have not been able to rehire uh, a couple of employees like at the city yard. They have not uh, been able to hire them because if you're going to go work for somebody and you're wanting a you know 20 year career, you're a young person or whatever, 20, 30 years. And when they tell you that the that the budget shortfall, you're going to get laid off maybe in a year. Uh, they've had four or five people that that they offered the job to in public works at the city yard, and they didn't take it. So the, there's there's a lot uh, there's a lot to to, uh, uh, to to try to understand what's going on. And and when I say that uh, that the, the essential workers, the city workers, uh, are essential workers, uh, the majority of them. They have not been allowed to, to, to take uh, days off just, you know, like you would say, I need a day off for a birthday or something like that. Something yeah. that's nice, but, you know, it's not essential. Mm -hmm. They say, no, well, let's postpone it, you know. So there, there's a lot of things that, that but at some point, uh, uh, you know, there are people are going to take time off. Uh, the, the people were given two weeks for the COVID uh, remember since uh, in March uh, for essential workers and they haven't. Yeah. So some point they're going to take it off before the end of the year. Yeah. So there's a lot of pieces going around now. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's the city has had um, budget issues for quite a while. Yeah. Okay. But if we look back, you know, so you look back at exact, exactly what, you know, what, what's happened um, uh, going back uh, uh, uh to the, the years before and at 2017, uh, 18, 2019, uh, if you look back, the city had um, um, uh, monies left over. You know, they had uh, um, unassigned unassigned remaining balance. In 17, 18, it was $16.3 million that was left over. In 18, 19, it was $9.8 million left over. So, you know, while the city does need all these good projects to be done. If that money's left over, what I would be looking at that is putting away some money like the college does. Hartnell has over $20 million and a lot of money in the foundation that doesn't have anything to do with the college or it does, but uh, so putting away some money for a rainy day. So if you uh, start a project, you know, and you don't have enough money to f uh, finish it, you got to know where the revenue streams got to be coming from. So, even though we have a good project that we want to try to get done, don't exhaust all your money. You know, uh, what's wrong with the next year or what's wrong with paying some of the debt that we have, like on the parking structure, the, the golf course that nobody uses anymore, <laughs> that no, no more employees are there. I mean, why do we need to? So all these things, you can put a little bit of money away for when this kind of thing happens. They said, well, who's going to predict COVID? Okay. Well, who predicted that all the trees were going to fall down across Main Street here two years ago? Remember that? Where you couldn't even get through? Yeah. So somebody had to get paid for that. There was a lot of overtime for that. Okay. Yeah. Then you say, well, FEMA, 
FEMA uh, gave us the money. No, they didn't. What FEMA did was they asked the city, they said, okay, uh, okay, uh, what was your loss? And they had the losses. They said, okay, give me the maintenance records on, on those, on those uh, units, on those trees or per acre or whatever it was. Yeah. And, and uh, so they don't just give you the money. You got to show that you maintain them because you can't just have an over, overgrown uh, uh, eucalyptus and say it fell down. So no, where did you maintain it? When did you water it? And these kind of things. And they were not able to show that and they lost a lot of FEMA money. That's a fact. And also big props to the city workers that after that storm, they really got the city it cleaned up really quick. Yeah. It was destruction everywhere. And yeah, they got out there yeah. and uh, yeah, that's unfortunate that the city lost out on that money for clerical issues in a sense. Um, and well, We've already got into it a little bit here, but what do you believe are some of the more pressing issues that the city of Salinas faces? Well, it's it's got to do with well, this COVID too. It's got to do with uh, affordable housing, farm worker housing. Uh, it, it it all it all ties into that you know uh, Salinas Valley is like the epic center of uh, of the farm worker uh, movement. You know the farm worker uh, where everything's grown. Uh, the salad, the salad, the uh, salad, bowl. salad bowl of the world. Um, so you know, it 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 goes to that. There's there's all these workers that are essential workers to our food that's being put on the table, yeah. but there's no place to put them. You know, there's there's no place for them to uh, to rent. So you find uh, you find them renting these real uh, expensive. Uh, Places that are compared to what they make, there's three families in a in a house. Yeah. So now you have people living in a garage. You have cars in the street. You know you have uh, 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 they're risking their lives not only by going to work every morning, but where they live in the garages and how you heat them and all these things. So uh, th- this is a this is a big complex issue that you know the the, the streets don't get swept. There's a lot of blight, uh, over parking. Parking on lawns, uh, uh, n- not enough housing. Uh, in this district, we do have um, uh, La Posadas uh, at the end of Burnell. There's uh, farm worker housing right there. It's been there a while. It's been yeah. 54 units. And they're on Sherwood. There's senior center housing. So housing and, uh, it, well, now it's it's gone to basic. Transportation, your 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 food, you know, what are you going to eat tomorrow? And uh, uh and this, uh, your your health, your COVID, you know, uh, is 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 all really tied into one. Well, and your district includes uh, the Chinatown area, right. which again is is a big area for you know because of the services is a big homeless, um, you know, that's a big concentration of, of the homeless population there. Um, is Okay, what what can the city, you know, is it is that where it's going to continue to be? Is is that going to be, you know, the the homeless center or can the city I don't want to say clean up. I that that sounds I, I feel a bit harsh, but uh, Chinatown is kind of in the middle of the city, but it, it it's it's in the middle of nowhere. And how can Chinatown be reintegrated back into not just your district but the city as a mm-hmm. whole? Well, I, I think you 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 said it exactly right. The the district four has all kinds of things that the rest of the city doesn't have. You know, they have what I said the farm labor uh, housing, the posada. 
the Hakari low uh, income apartments on uh, on Kai Cebu right there, uh, the Chinatown uh, Sherwood Village uh, with 124 units for Chispa uh, low income. Uh, so I think what we need to do is do this across the city. Every district should have a, 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 a little um, uh, uh, portion of what uh, of what uh, District Four has. You know the housing, the the, the centers for the for the homeless, uh, the showers, the the things that are needed, the the warming shelters. So it shouldn't be just in one district. It should be in all of them. And and I think I think if we we kind of look at that, then we would you know not. And not to be harsh, like you say, but if you go across, you know, drive 101 or you go across to the town in the train, you'll see by the train station, you'll see all kinds of homeless encampments throughout. Yeah. I think you know, we need to put a, find enough housing for the homeless to be in, and then we can get rid of the blight. You started, um, uh, so you're talking a little bit about how to address the homelessness issue. How would you... Um, tackle the other issues you mentioned. You mentioned affordable housing. And so let's start with that. How would you address some of well, those issues? The, the thing is, even with the homeless and affordable housing, it can't just be the city because the city doesn't have enough money. So it's got to be in partnerships. That's one of the things with the colleges we have is a lot of great partnerships. So you got to you got to get the uh, you know nonprofits. You got to get federal, state, county, and and to. Uh, address uh, you know housing because uh, like I say the city doesn't doesn't have the, that kind of money. That one of the things that that I that I seen the city did is um, and other companies try to do is uh, workforce housing. You know so so uh, I know that even like Don Chapin out there on Rogie Road build uh, 50 or 60 units for their for their employees during the boom and then yeah. they turned out that they had to do some changes, but uh, the city. The city had also uh, for its workers, you know, uh, its safety, uh, well, for all its workers, uh, which would be policemen, fire and public works and code enforcement and all of them. They had a, uh, uh, a program here um, about 10 years ago, maybe 15, where they were offering them a, a $50,000 loan to so they could afford to get the first house and a lot of police officers bought houses like in greenfield it'd be better if they did it in town but one of my friends bought one over by food max on uh, on, on east uh, the new east side yeah. and and what it's not free i mean it he paid it back it's a loan it's, a loan, so yeah. it's like a second so i think that you know we we need to and this may be a kind of an oversimplified answer but I mean, the thing that we could do immediately is somehow the homes that they're building that be accessible to people that live here. You know, perhaps it could be uh, like some kind of a loan, uh, like they could get in line and, and say, okay, I've got this, I've got the, you know, I'm on line for this house that's coming up in six months, and I've got uh, the down payment, or I've got, uh, I, I've got help with closing costs. You know, maybe the county. Uh, uh, I've heard. Uh, some county supervisors talking about that, that, that you know, maybe it's $10,000, the closing cost, but they've already got paid and they're already online. Instead of having, um, and not to do anybody out of a house, but people coming from San Jose area, you know, and coming to buy the house, and then it, it, things just go up, and the people that live here, are they're paying the taxes and living in Monterey County, can't afford that house. So maybe we could do some something that kind of creative is into uh, 
the down payment or the uh, uh, closing costs or something to to whatever's here, we could do that immediately and 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 get them uh, some immediate relief. So you you kind of mentioned a little bit of. of again to get into the the budget and and all that it's inevitable that if you take a critical look at the budget you're going to have a uh, two departments making up over half of the budget and one of them it's going to be the police department which is the biggest part and so you're going to you're going to have to ask tough questions. You know, if you if you're going to save money, that is definitely something that is going to have to be questioned. I'm not saying addressed or anything. And mm-hmm. and again, this comes at a time when we're at, we're at a there's a national conversation about changing the way cities fund public um, or safety services. And so is it possible to sit down with these police unions that are very powerful and tell them, hey, you may have to give something up without coming across as anti-police or something? Well, no, I I understand what you're saying. And and I think I want to be very, this is why um, I'll tell you, I'm very, very hard uh, myself on on things like this. you know, three years ago, a little over three years ago, three and a half year, years ago, the city council gave uh, uh, the the a safety department uh, almost a twenty four percent raise. You cannot give twenty four percent raises without having a revenue stream <laughs> to supply that. Okay, and that's a fact. And I remember that everybody clapping. You know, and and the council members, the lawyer they hired uh, from. Uh, um, Liberty and Cassidy that they hired to do the negotiation. Everybody was clapping. And Mr. Corpus, to his credit, was saying, you know, uh, understand what this means. You know, not now, but three years from now. Well, we're there. So <laughs> when, when, when people start talking about we create our own problems, nobody wants to talk about that. See, so to me, is if, if you've got a revenue stream, if you're creating something or you're doing something and you have a revenue stream, fine. Now, the Measure G, I believe that there's like, 14 uh, police positions that, that are coming out of a, uh, a Measure G. Measure G was never meant that. And the reason I know that is we were involved with that, okay? And it was supposed to be a little bit for everybody, you know? If there's, you know, somebody, it, let's just say 10% for everybody. Yeah, you know, this department might take 15, okay. But, you know, it's not going to take the the majority of the money. So yeah. s- staff, to me, has its own... Uh, conception of what they want to do. And it, I think that it's up to the city council to give them goals and direction. And, and, and like this measure G money is, is, should be for everybody. You know, safety is being able to go down the street and not hit a pothole where your wheel falls off. That's safety. You know, that's, that's, that's the, the city yard guy that's out there with a, with a pay, you know, with a shovel and, a, and they pave it and fix that pothole. You got to have a little bit of that. You can't just, the city does two things. They give service, service. they provide services for the community, and they do maintenance. And, and they maintain what they have. They maintain the streets, their parks, their libraries, you know, everything that's been bought over the years that the taxpayers paid for. And you cannot just close the like Sherwood Hall and give it to uh, Steinbeck Center like they did. And then they have report they're making 
you know, they were doing gangbusters and they were doing really good, which they weren't. And then they gave it to, uh, and then they rented it out. And then and here they found out that nobody was taking care of the boilers and all this. And they're spending thousands of dollars. Well, you do, you can't not have, you cannot do maintenance on things that you own. You can't just leave it away, walk away, turn the key, you're back the next day. And it's just the way it is. So those are the two things that they provide. And, and they really need to look at, at priorities, and that's council really needs to give priorities to the staff. You know, I you bring in when you bring this up, you reminded me of something that is very interesting, and I've been watching the development of the central area specific plan. I don't know if you've been mm-hmm. watching that. One thing that I find fascinating with that plan is that the design of this project is. Um, the desire of it is to make it a walkable community that um, that has need for fewer cars because people will be able to just walk down the street, which, in my opinion, is a little bit like pie in the sky because people still have to go to work. And if you don't have a work, um, your job in, in the vicinity, you're still going to need a car, correct? Yeah. So when you say you're going to that that's the council gives direction to staff in your opinion is staff taking good direction from council right now or where is the disconnect i i don't know where the disconnect is i think they have their own ideology you know it's their own ideas and uh and it was certainly uh if i got elected to any board seat i would make my ideas known and what they should do and they should and and prioritize and uh, i know that um that I've heard council people say before, you know, we never told you to do this kind of a thing, you know, whether it was layoffs or whatever it was, you know. Uh, so, so there's this. I think there's a disconnect. I think that the thing we can do is, uh, you know, when this next new city manager uh, they hire, they they ought to have a, a, the community involvement. You know, they ought to have a. Uh, you know, sure, the council is going to pick uh, the, the the city manager, but uh, it, this should involve the you know, nonprofits, business, uh, everybody, all the stakeholders to find a good city manager that's going to uh, that's going to work together with the community, with you know the the, the housing uh, issues we have, the COVID things that we have, and work well with council to resolve these these issues. You know, we can't have a city manager that doesn't doesn't go to different departments. We hadn't seen him for two years. Uh, you, you can't work that way. You know, if somebody's, if we have an issue of, um, of um, uh, that, you know, departments may be cut back and, 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 and things like this, I think you, you as, a, as, as the boss, you ought to need to come down and talk to your workers and say, this is what's going on. We're not telling you you got to change or you don't have the right, or you're, but you got to be able to tell the people this is what's the reality. You know, tell me mm-hmm. the truth yeah. and then we can deal with it. We, we were talking again, you, you were saying that again, the revenue stream thing is you can't in, add again, costs without a, a revenue stream. How, or what do you think the city can do to be more business, business friendly, not only to local people that want to start businesses, but also to, to bigger companies that, that can afford you know, more expensive things. How, how basically, how can the city become more business friendly? Uh, I, I, that is a real good uh, question. I, I, I've seen it in my 20 some years. I've seen it with a, 
with uh, Gary Peterson, the last director that we had about four or five years ago. He went in and redid the permit center, you know, re revamped it and redid and got some uh, outside uh, uh, inspectors, you know, where they're, they're not city employees or they're city employees, but they're, they're contracted. And so he's done all kinds of things. And I've seen this three times uh, in the course of 20 years with Dave Moore. I did that a while back. And uh, than already feels too. Um, I, I think we got to make it ex more accessible for the people to get the permits they need, and and um, and upfront know all the details. Um, I don't know how to resolve that other than a work a work you know within the system, and um, um, but I know that's been a big issue, um, and uh, you know permits and and things like this for. Uh, even in the, I'll just say, even in the east, uh, um, uh, east side of Salinas uh, came up on, on the parking issues. I, I said, uh, one of the residents told me that, uh, you know, even if the city did an encroachment permit, in other words, he's, he's got an older house on Cyprus, and he said, if, you know, my older house is a one-car garage, even if I went to a two-car driveway, I could have two cars on my driveway and not in the street. So that, that requires an encroachment permit, a permit to cut your sidewalk and your driveway and expand. He says, well, even if you made that easier for me to go do that, that would be take one car off the street and make my older house that was built in the 40s with a one-car one, one driveway two. You know, so I think that those are big concerns. I don't know what other way to do than to sit down and, and get the groups together and have town hall meetings, which is what I promised them I would do if, if I got elected, to see how these, these little things can add to be big things, you know, and uh, get them done. I, that that's a really good idea to have, and it's very specific. This is something can be done to get some cars off the streets. Is there any other ideas that you have that the city could do to help the citizens and to help the city? You know, on the traffic, traffic or yeah. Any, well, yeah. I know, I know that uh, here a while back, when Dennis Donahue was mayor uh, over by the hospital, uh, some of those streets had too many cars there, and they went over and they did a permit thing. Uh, where the house has like two permits for, you know, for two peoples in the house. And then they did the, the like the parking, like the parallel parking uh, marks on the street. So if you did that kind of a thing, if, you know, if you, you got to look at, um, you got to look at everything. And of course, again, who does this? And you got to look as a revenue stream, but maybe with paying uh, $10 a month or something for, for, uh, for a permit for parking, you're the homeowner or the that house has two parking permits to park in the street and then they're marked, you know, the space to park like they are over by the hospital on, on the opposite side of the street um, where, you know, you can get in and out and the cars aren't bumping a bumper and you can't even get the cars out. So maybe some kind of a, 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 a parking permit going to the resident and, um, you know, we're not trying to eliminate any farm worker uh, from parking, but somehow we got to get to the point that uh, ec this unit is X number of parking. And, uh, and and I'm guilty myself. I have a car that we don't use, a third car, you know, me and my wife. So we maybe we can sell it, get rid of it, or do something. But uh, I think uh, that kind of a maybe a permit, uh, so many per household, and uh, some sort of a mark parking uh, mark. Uh, lot markers, you know, uh, 
would would alleviate the overcrowding uh, at least you know maybe uh, uh, paint the red to, uh, before the stop sign the the curbs the people are parking on the actual curbs it doesn't look so bad when they're all parked there but when they leave in the morning the one guy's on the curb and the rest of the cars are gone he's almost like in the middle of the street because they actually park on the curbs what is one thing that you would like to see for your district if you are elected by the end of your term i that 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 is one of the the my closing comments that I like to say. I, I, <laughs> All I, right, interview's I, over. <laughs> no, is that I would like to see if you know if I were to get elected, uh, and, and maybe a little more than my time. But let's say in ten years, what I like to see is I'd like to see the the equity. What I talked about that the city provides equity to all citizens in all districts. You know, it seems to me that the longest the time that I can remember, Alicell's always never gotten what it should have gotten compared to everybody else. When there was money for repairs at Measure X, uh, money, it went to uh, you know, two blocks on uh, Old Town. That's fine. You know, if that needed it, that was fine. But where's the part for Alicell? You know, it's mm -hmm. always get left out. So my, my, my uh, uh, wish would be for in 10 years that, that the sidewalks on the east side be as good as they are on the, on the west side or on the south side. And, uh, you know, all these, if, you, if, you, if you're doing any walking in Salinas, certain areas where they put these trees that are not native here, the sidewalks are sticking almost straight up and it's a trip hazard. So I, I would like to see whatever, whatever monies we have and whatever we can do, that it's that it's equal to everybody, and then that, that that there be no east side, you know, or there be an east side, but not uh, as a reference of uh, the forgotten and yeah. not, not done. Yeah, and again, I, I, your district is is so key for that. Your district encompasses what would naturally or what people from Salinas would call the east side, north side, and west side. You're just about the only district that has all that. So if there's any district that's going to kind of unite the city and kind of say, look, there is no areas, mm -hmm. the, yeah, District 4 to me is, is... It's the heart of the city. Yeah, it yeah, really it's is. Central. And then yeah. we got the Car Lake, you know, we got... Right in the middle, we have all this farm housing or farm uh, farming yeah. going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Big Sur Land Trust has recently bought 76 acres, I believe, and there is hope of eventually buying the rest of it out, ending the the farming that there is there and putting up a, a park. Is that something that, that you would like to see with that land? Yeah, I, I would like to see it. I, I'll tell you, though, that the city has uh, 48 parks in the city of Salinas, and I think we're down about six employees. At one time, we had a uh, about 18 employees. So that's at 470 acres. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anytime you add anything, you got to remember it's the maintenance and the revenue stream. And, and it would be great. You know, uh, well, I'll give you one real quick one. We, we talked about the, the fairways, um, how that road goes down the middle of the fairways. And we said, you know, one way that we could bring back, uh, um, make it like a seven or nine hole golf course is behind the Robinson uh, uh, baseball uh, the little league, league park there. there. Make that like Toro Park, you know, and make it where, you know, people can come out for a weekend with benches and restrooms yes. and stuff. And, <laughs> and, and I'll tell you, 
I know I would. If I had a birthday party with nice open space like that, oh. I'd pay 150 you know, for the weekend. Yeah. So you get, that's how you would pay for it, you know, is, is you would pay by people that are using it that need that open space. So you've got to figure out a, a revenue stream and, a, and, a, and have a plan, you know, and, and uh, there's restrooms out there so you can make, you know, make, a, make it bigger. But uh, so we need open spaces are desperately needed in the city of Salinas, uh, the, the Tout Street and all these apartments that we have over there. Um, uh, city has, has allowed high density uh, par- apartments who are stacked on top of each other. And luckily they have a little parking underneath it because it's like two stories up and the third or the bottom is the parking. But uh, we desperately need o- open spaces. And uh, I think that uh, th- those, they've been working on that car lake for a long time. And, and those are all good things, but hopefully we find a way to, to keep them, uh, uh, like, like I say, the revenue streams, keep them funded, keep them open. Money, 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 huh? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. We need more. We, we need to be better stewards of that. Um, we wanted to ask you, we've been asking all of our guests about leadership. What do you makes who, what makes a good leader? Who do you consider a good leader? Well, it, 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 to be, a, I think, a better leader is you've got to be able to use, uh, you've got to be better, uh, uh, you've got to be better to use the taxpayer's money. You know, you, you've got to be, you got to be the person that wants to be transparent, you know, that you want every, everything that you talk about in front of uh, uh, city council, you know, in, in front of the people and, and do it at community meetings or city council and equity, uh, equity for all. Everybody gets treated the same. Um, you know, if, if we don't have, if we have uh, uh, $100, $100 or 100 beans in the jar, then that's all there is, then everybody gets a little portion of that. Uh, and, and so, and going back to a good leadership, a good leader would, would make uh, you know equity for all uh, all the community services, you know. Uh, for example, um, the rec centers, you know, the uh, different rec centers are, are not all the same. Um, if you get uh, to the one, uh, uh, shoot, it's the one here uh, by the city hall. Uh, it, it's 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 well funded and everything. You get down to the Sherwood Rec Center. Sherwood Rec Center now is the old pool. That's what they call the Sherwood Rec Center, and the old pool. Should have been finished uh, 2018, and it's still not finished. And, and so, if it's not finished, there's nobody using that rec center. So there, so that area is, um, you know, completely not being used at all by anybody. Right. So, um, so it's just making sure that everybody gets equal services. We have a, a running book list <laughs> that that we're keeping. So we ask everybody that's come in, what books have influenced you or what books have you read recently? Mm. The only book that I've read re- recently, and I, I'm going to tell you, it's uh, I Learned Everything That I Needed to Know in Kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what the book's called? That's what the book's oh, called. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that was given to me by a friend. Uh, 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 books, I can't say that I've read a lot. Uh, my life's been about work. Yeah, again, we have 
a website, bookshop.org, there that we have just a, a running list. And I, again, I enjoy reading. And so it's been interesting to, to, to be like asking everybody, Oh, what do you read? And, and then just, just building it to, to go and tell people, look, go see what uh, people have told us. Um, but anyway, our, my next question is what is it like to, to run in a pandemic? How has campaigning been in a pandemic? There is no book for this. You know, I, yeah. I've actually been involved in a lot of elections. Uh, I was, uh, the shop steward for 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 uh, the city for uh, about twenty years, so we we've seen Measure G, Measure V, Measure E, uh, different measures for the city, and and uh, I've run uh, I've won three elections, in uh, since two thousand and nine, and and uh, for Hartnell College trustee, my own elections. Yeah. So, uh, but this is really different. Uh, I, I mean, like I was telling you before, we go to some homes and then we find a sign that says they're uh, taking care of my grandpa. Uh, if you come to visit, please come another day. Yeah. So the personal contact for me has not been there. Uh, and, 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 and then if you have people that are helping you, friends, volunteers, or your staff, you got to really uh, make sure that they're safe, you know, because, uh, you know, wear your mask, uh, you know, the, those kinds of things that we've never had before. Yeah. And uh, so it's, it's the, the communication is, is, uh, is a key deal. Uh, and uh, it's, 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 I can't say that I've gotten my hands around it. Yeah. Well, what would you say to somebody that might be listening to this and is hearing that like, okay, you've, you've run for rest trustee at Hartnell and you've won and you've worked uh, in public works department for a while. And they're thinking, well, this is what we're trying to get away from these, these kind of people that have been in it too long that may not see what the, the regular Joe on the street feels is the problem, you know, is, you know, like, again, and that's been a selling point for some of the people that have come on here is I am young and I am inexperienced in a sense, but to me, that is a selling point. So, so how, what do you say to people? It's like, you seem, you're already too ingrained and you're going to look out for the, the public works employees. Well, I'm going to look out for everybody. You know, I'm not going to look out just for the public works employee, but you're right. You know, I'm a blue collar employee. I wasn't a manager. I wasn't a supervisor. So anybody voting for me would be the guy, uh, the, the blue collar worker, you know, uh, that's the guy that's, that's a construction guy, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I, I, I'm going to tell you something. There's no substitute for experience except experience. Cause when you get on a board, you're going to find out that it's going to be about the second term second set of four years before you can figure out what the budget they're talking about you know because i am i i am a, a person that asks a lot of questions and uh i want to know some answers i don't want to uh rubber stamp anything uh without looking at it and being transparent so if it's a you're young and and uh, yeah you're inexperienced you're going to find out that it takes a little bit to learn uh, budget issues and, and things like that. And, and uh, where, where they tell you, even as a board member, you've got to do your own due diligence and check check your own figures. Um, because uh, uh, like I say, staff sometimes has their own ideas of what they want to do. Uh, Hartnell is just like a mile, half a mile down the street from us. Um, what has been your proudest accomplishment since when you, since being a trustee? Well, we've had two um, uh, Hardnell. There's always been a, a question uh, 
about how many uh, uh, Hispanics go to school there, you know, because yeah. they do they do uh, uh, questionnaires, you know, and so you can say, you know, you're a Latino, you're a Pacific Islander, or you're or, or, or other, you know, so a lot of people don't want to give certain information. Okay. Yeah. So one of the proudest things that, that I, I, I have been a part of is that we've applied for grants because now we're a Hispanic learning institution. And we, we are from the time I started there about 10 years was the first time. And, and uh, so we applied for grants because we are 67%. We're probably more like 70 uh, Hispanic Learning Institution where we got $5 million and this is the second time that we've gotten it. And it doesn't come, uh, you know, $5 million, you put in for it what you've used and this year you might get 700 of, 700 and some thousand of that, you know. And, uh, and uh, so it, it, it's like a bank, uh, it's like a bank, you, you, you take, uh, you produce it, they pay it and then, then it's deducted. Yeah. So that, that's one of been of my proudest things is that we're a Hispanic learning institution. We graduate over uh, last year, I think it's, well, it's over 7,000 uh, uh, students graduate and it's more like 7,300. But that to me is what you got to understand is that uh, if Latino fails in math, you know, he drops out, he just drops out. So this is one of the things that the grants have been able to provide. And, and not, not only for Latinos, it touches everybody to make sure that we, we do it equal to everybody. Mm -hmm. But so it's, it's getting uh, uh, the people that want it, uh, a, uh, you know, a, a two year degree, an associate's degree, or maybe they just need a trade uh, uh, certificate. Maybe it's an ag, you know, it's, maybe it's in pesticide or whatever. And uh, the other part of that is uh, that we, do, and people forget that we do have this year, I think it's uh, over 700 dreamers. Uh, they're still in play. It's, it's usually between, it might be up to 800, but over 700. And last year, the 2019, we had about 28 that graduated. That graduated. And that's yeah. what, that's what, they don't get any, they don't get the Cal, uh, grants or the or the Pella grants, you know, there's no federal or or state money. This is all done by uh, uh, partnerships and 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 uh, um, gr uh, uh, grants and scholarships. You know, so so there's there's a lot there. Uh, there's a and they get the full diploma, like if you get your full. Well, you thing. get your transfer uh, units. You know, your associates. Yeah, they get their associates and and then the, and then they yeah, but the, they still have to be hired. You know. But but they do they're able to show uh, they're able to graduate and get the get yeah. their the associate's degree. It must be hard for you. I mean, if you finish, if you end up uh, becoming the the new council member for District Four, you would have to leave your Harnell seat midway. Um, how does that play into all these? Does well, that make you? Uh, you know, I've I've talked to the the board about that because you know, I, and I'm saying not uh, official and unofficial, you know, and uh, uh, I hate to to, to leave. Uh, I've got a heart there. I've been there a long time, and part of helping young uh, young men and women too has been part of my life. My before I went to the city, I worked as a, a service manager and I trained a, a lot of people, a lot of young guys to. Uh, to be in the uh, automotive field. And we started them uh, in the lube rack, you know, greasing cars and brought them in. So same thing with uh, 
with an education is bringing them in, whether it's the ESL classes they needed, whatever they needed, and 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 go through. Um, so to make it short, um, the the uh, you know my heart is in heart now, but I think that uh, you don't hear. You might have, Claudia, way back when, heard a lot of stuff about Hartnell, but you haven't in the last 10 years. They used to say they used to scrimmage. Uh, it was like a football game. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of yelling and things going on. And uh, there isn't now. And It's one, been awfully quiet over yeah, there, well, which is, I know it's a good thing yeah. for, well, no, for the, public institutions. The, the thing is this. We all have opinions. And, uh, and 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 even though they're not my opinions, I still respect the other person. I can respect you for because you you have a job, you have a radio announcer, you you uh, you you're a money earner for your family, and we can disagree on 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 the idea, you know. So so uh, I think that that's what I would bring to the city, and that's one of the things that that, that I really want to be uh, is that there. There are different opinions, and we hope that we can resolve these issues with talking about the ideas. How can we get where we want to go, and it, and it accomplishes the same thing. And we've been, again, obviously COVID is the front and center of most conversations nowadays. Um, if it goes like this, there's no vaccine or anything, what does a... a can the city reopen safely? Is that a thing? Or what does a re safe reopening look like? Um, I, I truly uh, would have to say that I will refer to whatever recommendations the county, the state made and federal. Um, I know that we need to reopen. And I know that, uh, well, the state of California is doing really good compared to the rest of the United States. So I think I would just say that we follow a protocol and we try to... Uh, 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 you know, we need to, to get past that HEROES Act and, and get money for the city where they can, you know, keep doing what they were doing. The, the, the grants that were being offered for small business to stay open to pay for workers, um, you know, for these essential workers, uh, they need some time off. Uh, you know, yeah. and I'm only talking a couple of weeks a year, but, but a day here and a day there. So we need, we need to have that uh, happen. And we need a source, a revenue source, again, where that comes yeah. from, from the feds, and then pass it down to, uh, you know, through the banks, through the small business and, uh, and, and grants and through the city and make sure that the city uh, has all these points of equity, uh, you know, at, at, at every place, whether it's a library or rec center, some place that has all the phone numbers and all the people you can talk to. And, you know, maybe the person isn't there, but you can pick up a phone and say, I need this, you know, how, you know, we need to have points of equity where, where every center has that. Yeah. I think we've uh, covered all the ground we wanted to cover. So this is your chance to give you one last pitch and you can repeat what you had said before if you yeah. want to, but whatever it is that you want to be your last word for the voters out there. Yeah. You know, I, I want to say just the, something that I heard, and I'm not going to, uh, it's just something that, that I've heard out there, I heard today, that, you know, I've been around a long time and I have my own ideas and, and things like that. And I'm, I'm not a politician. I'm a blue collar worker with a, with a sense of, of, uh, of uh, everybody deserves the same, you know. Uh, and and uh, like I say, I, I have been involved 
you know, a lot of things, a lot of things have been uh, uh, like nonprofits, it's been church things. Uh, uh, and, and I'll give you one. Uh, Christ the King uh, and uh, the Kai Cebu on Kai Cebu and uh, the Filipino Community Center, uh, there was a park in between there and it was called Uribe Park. Okay. And they wanted to buy the land because they wanted to build a hall. They needed a community center. And they ended up buying it from the city. I was part of that group. I was part of the group that helped pay for that fundraising and stuff. So the city, so it ended up with Christ the King bought uh, Uribe Park from the city of Salinas. And then uh, and, it, and it ended up being for they built their, their hall. And it's a community center. And so... Uh, uh, I was uh, I wasn't the architect, but I was one of the guys that we had the festival, the yearly festival, the bingo, the all the things that worked there to pay for the community. So that's yeah. been my kind of involvement. It's not I'm not a politician. I'm not going from a, from a Hardnell uh, trustee to city to be a politician or or to get a supervisor job. I mean, I, uh, Hardnell pays like I think it's a stipend is like we get like 170 a month and. We go all the way to King City, Soledad <laughs> Center now, now the Moss Landing Castorville Center. So um, it's not about being a politician. It's about caring about your community. And and uh, so it's a, it's a lifetime of service and, and not about being a politician. Well, thanks so much for coming to the show today. We appreciate it and good luck to you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Claudia. I think this might be our last or close to our last one. So I think so. Thank you for for doing this. Uh, it was very short handed or short. It came up quickly, and, and you came and did this. And I'm very proud of of the work we did. And I hope our listeners really get something from this. I they're listening. They're listening more than usual. So I am very excited that we were able to do this. Um, during this election cycle and and I thank you for coming and and doing this it really it really motivated me and helped me push to 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 get them out on time and do every do Good. everything right yeah well I thank you for the invitation I think it was a great experience and I learned a lot and uh yes maybe yeah. we can do it again next cycle we won't be as easy on people <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> thanks again thank right you.